Episode 74, Blaine Dinwiddie. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, it's Nikki, and it's a great day for an episode of Gut Plus Science. Do you ever wonder how some brands have cultural rituals that correlate to their wow factor customer experience? I love being a customer to these companies, and I'm always intrigued with how they do it. Behind wow factor customer experiences are employees who care, well, at least many more times than not. They take pride in the status of the brand and gain confidence every time they act in accordance to the core values with their behavior. Today, let's learn how to create cultural rituals from a leader in the midst of rolling out a new program of rituals in their company right now. Blaine, welcome to the show. Talk to us about how this pillar program called PAC has come about. Thanks for having me, Nikki. It, it really all started uh, probably about five years ago. We're, we started a, a uh, operating system, not so much a computer software system, but but the, a way of running the business based on a book called Traction by Gino Wickman, um, and it's it's called EOS, an Entrepreneur Operating System. And part of that is having a a vision, and it starts with your target market and uh, defining your core values, what makes you unique. And so we all, we, we, as a leadership team, got off site and really defined first our core values of, and, and it was really started by picking, each of us picked three people we'd want to go into battle with and what were the attributes those people had. And we, we put them all on paper and then sliced and diced them and really came up with five core values, uh, customer first, willing to sweep floors, pioneering, humbly confident, and no jerks. And for about four years, those were the core values that we really used to try to hire and reward and uh, move people out of the organization using those core values. And about a year ago, we heard a speaker uh, at Vistage. And for those that that have either an owner or work for someone that's maybe in Vistage, they're probably familiar with the day after Vistage. So you hear a speaker uh, that resonates with, and the next day you instantly want to try to put something in practice. And of course, we heard uh, a speaker uh, wrote a book called Culture by Design by David uh, Friedman and really threw out the stigma of core values. And it's really more about behaviors. It's really core values can be very vague, like a customer first or willing to sweep floors. Truly, what does that really mean? And so it's more about defining behaviors within the organization that you can use as context to coach and teach and guide. Uh, allow people to ask questions and what that means to them and their departments. And so about uh, six months ago, nine months ago, we, we put the pack pillars into process and it's been a little bit of a journey. We're, we're in the process of even refining it uh, even more because uh, we stumbled a little bit and I can, I can share that with you. I know you've spent some time studying specific brands to really understand how they're doing it and their processes. So there's a couple of those that I know that you really like. Can you share examples of companies, a couple of those and how they've inspired you and just what you've learned from how they're bringing rituals and behaviors to life in their organizations? Yeah. So, so, and, and the interesting thing about rituals is that you know, really what you're trying to do is, is create, uh, and, and this speaks to the day after Vistage, you, 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 you come, you implement something, but, it, but human beings have a very hard time sustaining uh, those types of initiatives. But, but when you look at rituals throughout 
you know, as, as, considering brushing your teeth, that is almost a ritual that all of us do without even having to think about it. Or if you go to a sports venue before the, the games played, they play the, the American, an- the national anthem. And so these are all rituals. And so you look at some companies that have taken behaviors and then ritualized them in, in certain ways to try to embed those within the organization. And so it's, it's pretty fascinating because you're trying to groove a, a habit without really having to think about it. And so like Ritz Carlton's a prime example of someone and they share this with their competition. But if you've ever stayed at a Ritz Carlton, you, you know the level of customer service that they provide and, and what they do across 30 countries, 40,000 employees every day, every shift and every department has what they call a lineup. And so it's a 10 to 15 minute meeting and they've got 20 basic behaviors and I, I just captured a few of these to share. Uh, one is each employee is empowered. For example, example, when a guest has a problem or needs something special, you should break away from your regular duties, address and resolve the issue. Another one's uncompromising uncompr- levels of cleanliness are the responsibility of every employee. Uh, escort guests rather than pointing out directions to another area of the hotel. If you've ever gone to a Ritz-Carlton and asked where the restroom is, they don't point you there. They actually walk you down to the restroom. And so each one of these lineups every day, uh, every shift, every department for 10 or 15 minutes, they're talking about these basic fundamental behaviors that drive the organization. And they're doing it across across the globe uh, to help disseminate that throughout. Uh, Chick-fil-A, and you can find all this on, on the web. There's a, a YouTube where they talk about their recipe for service. And really what they're doing is they're defining the behaviors. And, the, and their recipe for service is really a core four, which is eye contact, sharing a smile, speak enthusiastically, stay connected, make a personal connection. Uh, and then they, they tie that in with second, second mile service, which is deliver meals for high needs guests, perform table touches, and deliver large orders to cars. And if you've ever eaten in a Chick-fil-A, you, you know, before I knew this, I, I wasn't really looking for it, but they do. They, they have table touch-ins. They'll take your tray. They'll ask you if you need anything. And it's these little behaviors that really drive the customer service. Uh, you know, the my pleasure, which we've all, we've all heard, but these unique things that truly differentiate them from the rest of the competition. Absolutely. And I think there's something to it. You and I talked in, in prepping for this conversation about, you know, this this show is about helping organizations to drive engagement. And I think when when individual contributors or any, any employee in an organization knows how to behave in a winning way, like, oh, I, you know, walked that customer to the bathroom and and I feel like I really played a strong part in representing our our brand well versus sometimes you've got core values written on the wall and you, you don't even remember what they are, but the behavior allows an employee to feel like they're playing a strong part and almost giving themselves their own feedback that like, oh, I did that right. Like I did, I'm, I'm, the living, breathing representation of this brand. I think there's something to that. I don't know if you have anything to add there. You're, you're dead on. And, and it's about becoming intentional and, and reinforcing. And, and when you set those expecta- expectations of here's who we are, this is this is what we do. When, when, you, when someone does that, it just reinforces and it makes you feel good. It, it makes your, your, you know, the behaviors we've set set out are all positive type behaviors that are going to be, you're, they're going to get an elicit positive feedback from a client or a customer or, or a fellow employee. So it's just going to reinforce, but it really is about setting the expectation. It's about being intentional. 
Uh, and you look at high performing cultures um, and, and there's example used in the book about high school, certain high school teams that continually win championships. And what is it about that culture that and it's because there's an expectation and there's a set in, set rule of behaviors and guidelines that uh, have been put in place and companies are no different. And, and so the key is all of our companies, we have, you know, 10 percent of the people that are great, 10 percent of the people that that maybe aren't 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 great. And it's it's what is the 80 percent. And if you plug that 80 in a high performing culture, they will perform better. If you plug them in a, in a low performing, they'll pre- perform worse. We all um, even take the top 10 percent in, in a company. If you plug them into a a low performing type atmosphere, they're going to perform worse than the latter. So that's really what you're trying to create. Great point. So Blaine, tell us how you took the idea from Vistage and the book Culture by Design. You talked about like day after Vistage, you you know heard some of this, you got inspired. How did you take the idea, bring it back to your leadership team and then gain adoption? And were there any bumps in the road along the way? Or just in general, I think our listeners, a lot of times, especially at the at the very top, CEOs and presidents, they they have this new concept that they're pretty excited about, or they read this book and they're just fired up. Now, how do I get that buy-in from my leadership team so that we can really move this forward? Can you speak to that? Yes, certainly. Great, uh, great question. So, uh, so we came, came back and, and part of EOS uh, is we get offsite every quarter to set rocks and set the goals for the quarter, which ultimately bubble up to, to our, our annual objectives and goals. And so uh, during that offsite, we established, hey, how do we want to communicate throughout the organization? We created something called the Communication Builder, where we were going to talk about a pillar, uh, share news, recognition, and, and how we did in the previous month. And, and we started that, or I started to, to put that together and share that. The challenge was, is that it was, it was extremely long, uh, like 20 minutes, which you, you lose people after a certain amount of time. So that was one vehicle that we used to share the pillar. We also have a huddle uh, in Indianapolis, which is where our corporate headquarters. We have a branch in Quad Cities, Elkhart, and Dayton, Ohio. So we're a little bit disconnected. We started uh, with a huddle in Indianapolis to share the pillar and provide some context around uh, each one of our pillars, and we do that once a week. Well, I had someone in our our, uh, purchasing department that came to me and said, you know, why is it that we here in Indianapolis, we live the pillars but we have outlying branches where they don't they don't pay us the common courtesy where, you know, if we have a, a pillar and, and I can't remember which one it was, but it was something to the extent of be, you know, be a force for positive change or being something around being positive. And, and the person that was uh, speaking to our purchasing department was just not being uh, being kind or and was actually being a kind of a jerk. So how so what we were doing was not not working. And so we've, we've kind of hit the reset button of how do we disseminate this, not only here in Indianapolis to the operations team, but also to all of the outlying branches and also all of the outside salespeople and how do we ritualize that? And so we've created much like Ritz Carlton, and I think it's a best practice, which is you have to bring people together for 10 or 15 minutes by department. It doesn't have to be every day, we're gonna do it every week. Uh, but I'm going to send out something Monday with the pillar of the week. It's going to have context around it. It's going to go out to all the management team and the entire company. And there will be some coaching around each of those for during that huddle time so that there's some context about the department. So 
prime example or case in point, this week is help the customer find a better way. So if you're a truck driver, um, how do you help the customer find a better way? Well, in our business, we, we sell packaging and facility supplies, uh, which would be like a urinal screen. And one of our drivers uh, was delivering product, went into a restroom, and this customer had a urinal screen that was hanging from a light switch. So clearly the urinal <laughs> screens smell great, but there's other avenues to get that fragrance <laughs> besides hanging a urinal screen from a light switch. And, and so, you know, something as simple as that, but how many times has he maybe walked by that? And so just by maybe bringing that to the forefront of, hey, let's help the customer find a better way. There are different avenues. And, and I think after I talked to the sales rep on the account, they've got a, uh, a metered fragrance dispenser, but it's not the same fragrance as the urinal screen. So let's, let's combine the fragrances. The customer probably didn't even know you could do that. So something as simple as that, um, that just, and I think our, our driver felt really good about, um, he sent me a text and, and so it's, it's, Hopefully, by disseminating it throughout the whole organization, it, it'll just it'll gain legs and go on from there. Yeah, and I think the power there just uh, you really illustrated how you're empowering your people to make their own and be creative in their own decision making. Right? It's not like you had that written out that if you walk in and there's a urinal screen hanging as a fresh air freshener, right? So you know you're really empowering them to you know take on making their own decisions around their behaviors, which is really cool. And empowerment is just so huge in leadership. So and you you know feel ownership and feel engaged because you're you know you're not just robotic. You're you know putting your spin on it, which is really cool. So thank you for sharing that. You touched on something that's really powerful or, or important, I guess. In workplaces today, people are spread out everywhere more than ever before, like working remote, many locations. And it's so tough when you've got something new to communicate that effectively and really drive adoption because you're not like we used to be many times all together, many days, you know, every day together. So you talked about communicating once a week on a different initiative. How do you communicate? Is this like email or what tools are you using? And is it you? Is it video? Is it, you know, just a written form? Talk, go a little deeper on that. Yeah, sure. So it's it's an email and then a audio context. So it, just a small audio file with a little bit of context around what what truly showing the customer a better way, what that looks like. And then there's an email that that people can read. Then from there, we break it up into huddles. And so, you know, our branch in Quad Cities will pull the team together and they'll have a little bit of talking points around what, what exactly that means and how we can impact that. And then uh, there's some signage that we're going to that we're you know, we're going to put up, we've not put it up yet in the, in like the restroom and the stalls just to help reinforce and have that almost subliminally, Hey, this is, this is the focus for the week. And, um, and, and just reinforce it that way. And then we'll move on to the next one. And then, you know, over time, since I'm doing these, these first ones, and this is new to try to see if this is the right vehicle. And I believe it is. Uh, then after that, we'll have our management team, kind of do the same thing and then ultimately start having employees start to, to provide the context for the, the weekly pillar. And so that's how we, we plan on disseminating that and just really uh, speaking to it, sharing uh, during the week examples like the one I just spoke of and, and trying to create that. And it, it's really about having a consistent ritual. So the huddle in Indianapolis, which was the only branch we were doing it in, I kind of 
wondered if 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 it was working did people were people really getting anything out of it uh sometimes i would be out of town and so we might miss one and i had i had someone that, that an employee that came up to me and just said hey when when we don't have it i just feel like we're not we're not together and and, and, and something's just missing and so clearly we had created a ritual that everyone in the branch looked forward to of coming together as a team and so I, I think it's extremely important. The, the other thing we're going to do is at the start of every single meeting, we're going to uh, read that, that behavior that we're working on in the week and provide a little bit of context. So at the start of every meeting, we're going to talk about it. And in every single huddle, we're, we're going to talk about it. And so it will disseminate and become part of the fabric. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a really general question, and you may have already answered it, but I just want to hit it home. Sure. Uh, in your leadership journey, what would you say is just at the top of the list when it's come to the greatest best practices or just you know failing forward, if you will, with communication? And I'll just preface that just a tad bit that I think we learn over time that we have to communicate like 10x more than we ever thought we would have to. It's like, oh, we told them that once, right? And they that didn't work. Okay, well, I'm now doing it twice. And you just, you have to learn how important it is to reiterate communication. Um, I just want to know like best practices of what you've learned in your leadership journey on communication that you can inspire our audience with, because I know we're all struggling with it. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have a, uh, a silver bullet. I, I, I think, um, you, you know, setting expectations, trying to be clear with with outcomes, what what you would like to see um, in, in the time frame that that you'd like, and then having uh, whoever you're you're talking to repeat back. Does that make sense? What did you hear? And just trying to be on the same page. Um, but that is certainly an art. Uh, I mean, it's not an art, but it is. And and we all live in somewhat of our own perceptions and. Uh, and so it it is hard. It's, but I do think uh, trying to trying to be clear with the outcome, the goal of what you're trying to accomplish, what the end result outcome looks like, and within the time frame. And then I think uh, just a check in. It doesn't have to be a micromanage, but hey, how how is that coming along? Are we still on track? Kind of a no surprises type mentality. Where are we still on track for Friday? Uh, we're working on a new process in our service department and have a meeting this Friday to, to hammer. And there are a lot of to do's and some um, some tasks that that. And so I periodically throughout this week just checked in with a few people to make sure we're on track. Didn't need to know. Just want to make sure that if you need anything, are we going to be on track for Friday? So I just think setting expectations, um, a timeline, making sure that that we're on the same page and. And then just checking in to make sure things are on track so there's no surprises uh, when that time comes. Yeah. And I think a light bulb that just went off for me is you've actually created rituals for your communication. Like huddles are an example of that. Um, Just recently, I I heard from somebody that was on a guest here on the show and they talked about how they have a mobile app for their company. And every Monday, there's a main update that comes from their office manager and everyone has to like the updates and like the, like kind of like a Facebook feed on their app. And that is a ritual that every Monday you hit like, and then she knows that, you know, the 126 employees that work there, there better be 126 likes. Otherwise she looks in the list and, you know, if there's three that weren't, she has to make sure that everybody has that communication. And so, um, I think, you know, just, we're here to talk about rituals and employees adopting habits, uh, that really represent excellence for our organizations. But I think in communication, it's the same thing, create rituals for your communication that everybody knows, you know, and, and is, is, uh, accustomed to. So that's cool. All right. So let's go into 
deeper into the flex pack pack pillars, you had talked about how this originally came from your core values, which were, which are customer first, willing to sweep floors, pioneering, humbly confident and no jerks. Um, so now breaking these down into from core values into these habits or like the, the living rituals, talk a little bit more, go in depth about what does it look like underneath these pillars? Um, just examples of what these behaviors look like. Sure. So as we, as when we came out of the Vistage meeting and we started to establish what the behaviors were, it was very interesting where most of them, probably not all of them, we, we put them into, we tried to put them into buckets, but most of them really fit under either customer first or pioneering. And, and so it was very easy to, to, to set these in somewhat of the columns because we weren't totally ready to say, okay, we're going to scrap our core values and we're just going to go to behaviors. Cause that just seemed like that was too big of a change. We did, everyone had embraced the core values. So it was more about how do we maybe fit these behaviors under certain buckets of the core values and, and we can make those work, even though some of them may not fit, but most of them really do. So, um, so you want me to speak maybe to a few of the, the behaviors or, yeah, I think uh, if you could give some examples, like so willing to sweep floors, here's what this looks like. And maybe even share with us, you know, an example or two. You, you shared one of your drivers and um, that the example about the uh, urine screen. So maybe just a couple of examples of people in your organization and how they're adopting them, as well as like, what do these behaviors actually defined sound like? Sure, sure. So um, you know, be, be proactive is uh, a, as simple as providing a tracking number um, for a, an overnight shipment without having to be asked for, for that. So if you're in sales support and there's an overnight shipment, obviously that's important to our customers. You know, automatically, and we don't have an automated system that would automatically send that tracking number um, once it goes out. But being proactive to take that extra step to, to send it, to track it and to notify the customer that, hey, this is on track to arrive, you'll have it by 8.30, and, and to give that extra tr- uh, to that extra touch. Um, smile, I mean, that goes without without saying. I think when you look at, at uh, all of, all, I have pulled galleons as well, but when you look at Ritz-Carlton or Chick-fil-A, smiling is part of that. So I think the Ritz-Carlton says, smile, you're on stage. And there is you know, the, the brain, there, there are effects in the brain that happen when you actually smile. And if you smile, uh, it, someone actually, I think, has to, to try not to smile back. And so our receptionist, we, we made uh, VP of first impressions and she's got a picture. We made a picture of her uh, that says smile and the world smiles back. And we've had countless in, in uh, customers and people that walk through the door. She's really is that that first impression of FlexPack. And she's got an amazing smile. Seems like she's never had a bad day uh, when you know that she has and, and really uh, is a great example of, of, of smiling. Can you give us an example? I'm looking at this chart right here, which I don't know if you'd be willing to share with our listeners just to you know give them an example, but it's just really cool how you've laid it out. Can you share with us an example of how maybe a ritual made it on this page because you were trying to solve a problem. Like you, there was this, you know, regular habit going on that wasn't a good one. And it's like, okay, we're going to add this positive side in here and we're going to fix this problem with that. Any examples? You know, there's, there's not, and it, it was really more, um, and I think, you know, with, with these, these behaviors, they really stem from 
the the owner of the company or as you create that that core value and and that culture it stems from from whoever started that business or that key group and as that the challenge is is that business grows and people join the organization how do you still maintain that that fabric of of you know what made you who you are and so it wasn't necessarily a, a problem and said, hey, we need to create a behavior to solve that. It was more about who are we and who do we want to be as an organization? And these are the behaviors that we have to reinforce. And I think you mentioned earlier about empowerment and empowering employees. That is absolutely. And when you look at, again, Ritz-Carlton or Chick-fil-A, um, I did uh, Galleons. For those of those that remember Galleons, I pulled a what they had, but it really is all about empowering uh, everyone in the organization to to make good, you know, good decisions, or even if they're bad decisions, as long as they're, uh, you know, trying to do the right thing. That's that's all that matters. And uh, I would never ever uh, get angry at, at, at. I don't get angry that much anyway, but I, uh, you know, get mad at someone for. Um, trying to do the right thing. And maybe it's a coaching moment, but if they're trying to do the right thing, they're trying to take care of the customer or a fellow employee to do the right thing. That's that's really what it's all about. And um, it really is about empowering, but you do need to, to provide some guidance and some coaching around around those behaviors. And then as you bring new people in, really integrating them uh, into the organization and, and and sharing with them who we are and what that looks like. So holding an umbrella over the customer when it rains, you know, what exactly does that mean? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean from a salesperson? What does that mean if you're a warehouse or a driver and providing some context around that? Mm-hmm. And just to give you guys a little bit of insight, I'm looking at the packed pillars right now, and there's about five to seven different behaviors underneath each of the core values. And uh, the one that made me ask you that question, Blaine, was I'm a big Cy Wakeman fan because I, you and I share a friend, Amy Woodall, and she got me on Cy Wakeman and the no BMWs. Yes. So yes. yeah, underneath the willing to sweep the floors, uh, a core value, there's no BMWs. And if you've read any of Cy Wakeman's stuff, for those of you that are listening, I highly recommend her. No BMWs is no bitching, moaning, or whining. And so setting that as a, a, a core when, you know, we all have people in our workplace that, you know, just unfortunately they bring that attitude, you know, and it's like, okay, how do we overcome that? And I just wondered, okay, is there a way to use this that for some of those things that we just want to get that out of our everyday culture, we don't want any of that. How could we use those to maybe solve some problems? So even though you weren't doing it, I kind of saw it as could be a strategy to do that. Okay. So we're, we're kind of getting close to our time here. I wanted to ask you about in the process, I think you said it's been less than a year that you've been rolling this out and i um, excited to have you back down the road and hear, you know, all of the results, but what, challenges or hurdles have happened so far? So lessons learned that if you would have known this before, you would have done differently. Any thoughts? Well, I think taking a a more intentional uh, approach and having it throughout the whole organization. So you mentioned the the, uh, every Monday there's a text that goes out or there's a platform that, that you have to like. You're creating that habit. And so really uh, did a, we did a poor job having you know, what, what that cadence was going to be, what that huddle was going to look like and, um, and really having it, it buttoned up before we rolled it out. And so, you know, I, I think creating that and we'll call them a, a ritual or whatever it is, a group, a, a group gathering where you're talking about whatever that is, that behavior either for the day or the week 
and really having that structure set up. And, and you mentioned communication, making sure that all the parties really understand their role and their piece in the puzzle of that. And then implementing it, I think, is the best the best thing to start. There's there are always going to need to be tweaks, but I, I think we felt fell short of, of implementing that across the whole organization uh, and just starting it here in Indy and uh, not really providing enough context. And really, it was it was me to the to everyone, which I don't think is effective. It really needs to be, hey, here's here's, uh, you know, let's show the customer a better way. What do you think that means to you? And, and the departments are having that discussion. What are some things we can do this week to maybe to maybe do that? And so asking questions of the employees to to really come up with those ideas themselves, because that that's how you get to empowerment is when I'm not saying it, they're doing it, saying it, feeling it and seeing the results of it, uh, because I do think it is a it's it's a feedback loop of, of positivity. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Blaine, this was awesome. Thank you. We'd really love to have you back in like a year or so and see where the progress is with this great program at FlexPack. And now it's time for what we call our lightning round, where we just get to know a little bit more about you. And we've compiled quite the recommended reading list for our listeners with this very first question, which is kind of tough sometimes, but what's your very favorite book or one that you'd recommend to our listeners today? Oh, I've got I've got a bunch, but um, I absolutely I don't know if you've uh, read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. I haven't. Uh, it's outstanding. So it's uh, I highly recommend it. And um, she's she's a psychologist, I think at Stanford or Princeton. Uh, but it's really on the two different types of mindsets. There's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and um, how, how that plays out in, in certain situations. So it's a great book. I, I highly recommend it. Oh, great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And then how about a favorite vacation spot? Uh, St. John. I I absolutely love St. John. I don't get down there. Then the Virgin Islands. Um, It's it's a beautiful place. Hawaii's obviously beautiful uh, as well. It's just a little bit further. So I would say St. John is, is the the second best. And it's, it's so pretty down there. It's a little bit remote and, um, absolutely love it. Yeah. And I don't know if you're like me, but I'm in cold weather today. So that sounds really nice. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, what about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Um, I am, uh, I try to, to golf when I can. So I'm an avid golfer. I love the game, everything about it. And, uh, obviously with, with time, it's, not as easy to get out, but I've, I've got a seven-year-old daughter that's that's taken a little bit of interest. So we, we spend our Saturdays going out and hitting balls and putting. So that's that's great. And then we've actually also started puzzling, which was a very new activity uh, on Christmas. Uh, my wife uh, bought a puzzle and we spent you know the day just kind of throughout the day uh, putting a puzzle together and it's kind of taken root. And it's it's been a lot of fun and surprisingly a great way uh, just to kind of recover after a long day, just to kind of zone out. And, and so that's that's been surprisingly uh, a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Thanks for sharing that. And then yeah. Blaine, how can our listeners connect with you after the show? Sure. They uh, My email is bdinwiddie at flexp.com. So B as in boy, D as in dog, I-N-W-I, D as in dog, D as in dog, I-E, at flex p as in paul.com. So uh, feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, I would love to hear uh, hear from a- any of the listeners. And if there's anything I can do to help, I certainly will, will do my best. 
for today is truth you can act on. Let me know what you try. Number one, bring core values to life in your workplace by illustrating and teaching behaviors that represent the core values. As Blaine shared, they have five core values that they call pillars. And underneath each of these core values are the behaviors or the examples of how to live out the core values. Number two, create communication rituals. Repetition and consistency are important in getting everyone moving in the same direction, especially when adopting something new. All of us struggle with communication, and I love the idea of creating rituals that we all have very clear expectations of when we're getting updated and when to really be in tune with that new information. Number three, Give a clear framework and empower your people to make decisions. Blaine talked about the importance of clear guidelines and crystal clear expectations. When employees understand the why, they can put their own spin on the how to accomplish the mission. Hey, we'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.